Hello, and welcome to Sharp, the podcast where we help you get a little better at the stuff you have to do, so you can spend more time doing the stuff you want to do. So now, on with the episode. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, good evening, good whatever time of day it is where you are. Welcome to episode seven. So this is the third in our series on habits. In the last two, we've covered podcasts, apps, and online resource that you can use to help change your habits and behaviour. This week, we're going to have a look at the written word. But first, I want to take you back in time. Now, if this is TV, we'd probably have one of those montages that sends everything misty, and it's probably got some clocks spinning backwards. But it's not TV, it's a podcast, so you'll have to do all that stuff in your head. It's August 1986. I've just spent two years failing to pass my A-levels, and I need to get a job. After a number of failures trying to get into the sorts of places that my careers officer has suggested, I wandered into a branch of Dixon's in Croydon, and I asked for an interview to become a salesperson. For those that don't know, Dixon's was at the time a high street retailer of electrical products, which in the 80s included cutting-edge technology like CD players, VHS, video recorders, and a brand new thing called personal computers. The manager must have thought that this cocky young lad might have what it takes to do well, and so he gave me a job. Fast forward a little bit to 1989, and I'd started my management career. Now, I say management career. What I mean was, I was given a badge, and I did the best job I could do trying to get people to do what I wanted them to do. Now, don't get me wrong, DSG had a great management training programme, one which I went on to learn an awful lot from. But, hey, you know, I was young, cocky, I knew best, you know the story. Also, in 1989, a new company called the Carphone Warehouse was founded by Charles Dunstan, which is ironic, because today, Dixon's Carphone is one company. So why am I focusing on 1989? Well, another thing that happened in that year was the release of a brand new book in the United States by Free Press. Now, this book went on to sell... 25 million copies to become the first non-fiction audiobook to sell more than 1 million copies and to propel its author to become a household name in the world of self-development and business productivity. The author was Stephen R. Covey and the book was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. As for me, when that book was released, I was up to my neck in trying to carve out my career, failing miserably to decide what was important and, if I remember rightly, My only sustainable habit was 40 marble reds a day. I certainly wasn't effective. Now, I've reread Seven Habits a couple of times, and it is a great book. I have to admit that if you pressed me and said, well, what can you remember about the book without checking? It's mainly a sense of treating people right, living your life well, and focusing on what's important. In terms of detail, I think there are two specific things that have stuck with me. Things which I think are as useful today as they were to people almost 30 years ago when the book came out. The first is from Habit 3, The Urgent Important Matrix. Now, as you may know, this was developed by Eisenhower, but arguably Covey helped to spread its idea. In the broader sense, um, Habit 3 of the seven habits is to put first things first, and it's the final habit that helps you move away from dependence on others and towards independent, inter- interdependence. I didn't misspeak there. There are two sections there. There are independence and interdependence. Um, Although, to be fair, I also did misspeak as well. But anyway, 
Section 3, Habit 3, is alone, that's a great one to read. It's a bit dated, of course, now, but the principles still stand up. And it is interesting, isn't it, that something like the urgent, important matrix is so simple but can still be so clearly useful. Deciding on where an action that you're going to do would sit on a 2 by 2 matrix, depending on its level of urgency and or its importance, and then prioritising your actions accordingly. Anyway, back in 1989, a branch of Dixon's would sell cameras, word processors, hi-fi, TVs, computers, games consoles, camcorders, video recorders, watches, and a brand new product called a mobile phone. (laughs) Little did we know that the last item in that list would, for many people, go on to replace all the other items that we sold. Well, not quite. We also sold microwaves. Um, I'm not sure yet that my mobile device can cook my dinner. It does get quite hot, but um, I suppose I could order a takeaway with it. Tenuous link, but anyway. Back then, we were coming to terms with how you would ever fill the memory on a computer which had an optional hard drive with a whopping 20 megabyte capacity. Well, yeah, today, this podcast is going to be about 20 megabytes. A good quality HD image on your phone can be the same. But also today, the urgent important matrix still works. And maybe we could do worse than installing a version of it as the wallpaper on our phone. Now, obviously, there are much better things that you can do with your mobile device other than those which just steal your time. And we've looked at some apps and resource last week. But this episode is about habits and the written word. You know, actual books on your Kindle in audiobook form or, dare I suggest, ones made from actual paper. You know, one of the great things about actual books is that they don't rely on power a Wi-Fi signal, you don't need a Bluetooth connection, you don't need anything, nothing stopping you from just sitting down and getting into them and enjoying yourself. And I love the fact that you can dog-ear the pages, you can just, you know, go back five pages if you want to, you can write in them with a pencil. Now, as you know, I'm a massive fan of podcasts and apps and technology, making technology work for us, but I also love just sitting down with an actual paper book and reading it, there's something warm and tactile about it. I'm, I'm currently walking through the countryside and there's no Wi-Fi signal here. My phone's just about to run out of battery, but I can sit down anywhere with my book and enjoy it. I probably don't want to sit there because there's a huge cow pat there, but you know, you, you get the idea. Okay, I don't actually have a book on me, but if I did, I could sit anywhere and read it. In fact, I'm going to go back home now and grab it. I'm currently reading a book by a bloke called Arthur Richards, and it's called How to Remember Things. Did I just turn left there or right? So, of course, I couldn't start an episode on habits and the written word without reference to the late Dr. Covey's work, and I'll link to it in the show notes. So that's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, published by Simon & Schuster, who free press effectively are now. Amazon reviews rated 4.4 out of 5 stars from over 800 reviews, and you can download an audio version from Audible, narrated by the late Dr. Covey himself. Oh yeah, I said there were two things from the book I can remember. The other thing was the seventh habit, sharpening your saw. This week, I'm giving book recommendations that support changing habits, 
We'll be coming back to some of these books in later episodes because they cover a much wider range of our sharp subjects. There's some significant work in this area from Charles Duhigg, and I want to talk about his book, Smarter, Faster, Better. For those of you that know his work, it might surprise you that I'm not covering his earlier work, The Power of Habit. But this is because this podcast is aimed to give solutions, and I feel like Smarter, Faster, Better gives more practical solutions about things you can do instead of just understanding the theory of why we do what we do. This book introduces the idea of being productive to move away from poor habits. Now, productivity is such a buzzword and it can send people off to sleep. I'm going to cover productivity as a subject in its own right in future episodes because there's a lot of misinformation and misunderstanding out there on productivity and for many people, it really carries baggage. You know, getting workers to work harder, banging out more widgets and so on. I might refer to it as the P word from now until uh, I achieve my mission of coming up with an alternative. So how does the P word help us with habits? Well, Doohig talks about doing things smarter, faster and better around eight different areas. Motivation, teams, focus, goal setting, managing others, decision making, innovating and absorbing data. And he shows us a common thread in all of these areas where people who seem to be in control and balanced do certain things consistently. It's about the difference between being busy and being productive. Here's Charles Duhigg in discussion with Peter Bregman explaining about part of the book in Peter Bregman's podcast. By what was happening, I felt like I was on the plane myself. He's a really terrific writer. It's what happens when you get someone who's a great reporter, who's also a really great writer, who writes a book to help us get smarter, faster, and better. Charles, thank you so much for being on the Bregman Leadership Podcast. Thanks for having me on. So Charles, what led you? You know, you wrote, wrote The Power of Habit. It was a great book. It was super successful. This one is super successful as well. What led you to write this after The Power of Habit? Well, you know, I, right when The Power of Habit came out, I was uh, working at The Times. I'm a reporter at The New York Times. and I was working on a series about Apple and using Apple as a kind of a lens for looking at the global economy. Um, and that series ended up winning the Pulitzer Prize. And so it was a great um, professional year for me. But I would get home every night and, you know, have like 100 emails to deal with. And I would turn to my wife and say like, gosh, if this is what success is like, like I kind of think I might prefer failure. This is just <laughs> – this is so – punishing, which of course isn't true, right? I was very lucky to have the experiences I was having. But I did look around and I saw that there were people who who just seemed to kind of have figured something out I hadn't. So they, they seemed like they were getting all this important work done, but at the same time they had time to spend with their kids and with their family and they seemed like, uh, like they were less stressed out than I was. And I thought, I really want to figure out why. Like why are these people so productive without, without sacrificing as much as I feel like I'm even sacrificing. And, and I started talking to researchers. I found out I'm exactly right. There there are these people who are like a standard deviation more productive than others. And we actually understand why. It's because they tend to think slightly differently. They tend to encourage themselves to think slightly differently, to think half an inch more about certain things. And so I, I thought that was important enough to share with others. What's different about this book is that it isn't about time management. It's about thinking differently about what you prioritise and why you're doing what you do. It is a self-help book, but it reads like a novel in many parts, and actually that makes it really easily readable and, and fun. From Google to Disney, from individuals to teams, Doohig has researched thoroughly, painstakingly, 
and come up with a completely different way of thinking. Now, reading it does take some commitment because it's full and comprehensive, but it's worth the effort if you really want to develop some long-standing, powerful habits. Richard Branson describes it as wonderful advice. The Financial Times review says, I never felt like putting it down, and the New York Times book review calls it a pleasure to read, describing Duhigg's skill as a storyteller, making the book so engaging to read. So, my second book recommendation today, Charles Duhigg, Smarter, Faster, Better. It's published by Random House in the UK and the US, and of course you can get it from Amazon, good bookstores, or you can download an audio version from Audible, which is read by Mike Chamberlain. Okay, so in this third section, we're going to look at 18 Minutes by Peter Bregman. Now this, potentially, is one of the best books I've read in a long time. In fact, I'd go further and say that if you only read one book this year on getting better, make it this one. It would be easy just to read some chunks out and share the content, but I want to tell you why I'm enthusiastic about it. Firstly, what it does. Put simply, it takes you through a simple process to look at your life top-down and decide where you want to be. Then, it shows you how to implement a plan to deliver that. So how does it do it? There are 46 short chapters, many of which are only three to four pages long. And it's written clearly in a light, breezy style with stories and ideas which can help you on the journey. Each chapter has a one to two sentence at the end, summarising the content so you can reread a summary really quickly of the whole book. So why my enthusiasm? Well, not only is it a simple, practical um, and clear book, but it's an enjoyable read. I sounded a bit partridge then. Um, I, I won't do an impersonation. Uh, so um, I've lost my train of thought. Hello there. Um, yes. So not only is it simple, practical, um, but it's it's clear and it's it's an enjoyable read. With chapter titles like I Don't Want to Go to Ski Class, Would You Smoke Pot While You're Working, or Why We're Fascinated with Susan Boyle, it then delivers these really interesting ideas into a rounded, simple template that argues that if you spend 18 minutes a day on it, in total, you can make it all happen. Now, I can imagine you'd be sceptical, and I'd understand why. There are a number of things that this book is not. It's not a time management process, It's more a thinking management process. It's not a five-year plan without any substance. In fact, Bregman explains that a year is probably the longest period that you can really plan for. It's not some waffly theory. It's practical, simple, and I can assure you it works. Basically, if you want to take sensible steps to get into a ritual and a habit that will make a difference, you definitely need to read this book. Dan Pink, who's a chap that we'll be coming back to in a later episode, calls 18 Minutes an intensely smart, insanely readable and eminently practical guide to boosting our effectiveness and deepening our satisfaction. Robert Sutton calls it the best blend of a business book and a self-help book I have ever read. And Gretchen Rubin says it's thoughtful, practical and often funny. In 18 Minutes, Peter Bregman explains how to make sure that we have plenty of time to do the things that matter most to us so that our lives reflect our true values and priorities. There's a lot of stuff there, but put simply, it's a good book. Amazon rates it 4.3 out of 5 stars. I'll put it in the show notes. The title again is 18 Minutes, and then it has a subtitle of Find Your Focus, Master Your Distraction, and Get the Right Things Done. 
It's by Peter Bregman. In the US, it's currently out on Grand Central Publishing Books, and in the UK, it's published by Orion, Orion, or even Orion. And you can go to Audible and, of course, get the audiobook version, which is narrated by Peter Bregman himself. I need an ending to that. I need an ending there. I didn't write an ending. It's a really good book. Trust me, go and read it. 18 Minutes by Peter Bregman. Did I get the title in enough, do you think? 18 Minutes by Peter Bregman. Go and read it. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm suggesting you go and read it. (laughs) It's up to you. I think you should read it. Right, we need to... I need an end. It doesn't feel like I've ended it. Maybe if I talk long enough about not feeling like I've ended it, it might feel like I've ended it. Either that or we need a power cut. Okay, so that's a wrap then for episode seven and the final one in our series on habits. We've looked at three books worth reading if you want to change your behaviours and habits. And in previous episodes, we've covered podcasts, apps and online resources to support you. Hopefully, we've stimulated your interest. If you have any questions or would like further information on anything we've covered, please don't hesitate to contact me either on the website at sharppodcast.com or on Twitter at sharppodcast. I'd love to hear from you and find out what you think about what we're doing here. And if you like what we're doing, please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating or share the podcast with other people if you think they'd like it. That's it. I'm off to record a conversation with a very special guest for next week's episode. Have a great week. Bye-bye. I wonder where Lisa is. Hello. Is the telly broken? No. Okay. What are you doing? Working on my website. Ah. <sighs>